the leader is convinced that changes need to be made for things to improve. This belief begins to spread as people feel the pain and they see lost opportunities or maybe they're seeing wasted resources and they're kind of frustrated about that if they feel like their own resources are being wasted. But to spread, someone must be the champion of partnering within the organization. And of course, this is most effective if it's someone from the C-suite level because they would really have the authority to set new policies, practices, and processes for the owner's organization. Hey, Construction Nation. Welcome to Lead with Trust. I'm Sue Dyer, and I've been on a three-decade journey to figure out how to make sure our construction projects succeed and produce some extraordinary results. My trusted leader journey has led me to work on over 4,000 construction projects worth over $180 billion. In this podcast, I'm here to teach you everything I've learned. One thing I know is that it starts with the leaders of the businesses and organizations that come together to build a project. If that's you, let's get going. Welcome, this is Sue Dyer. Have you ever noticed that no matter what season you're in, there are specific opportunities and lessons to be learned? Sometimes the lessons come disguised as problems or challenges to overcome. Sometimes they come as ways to soar. But you know, they always come. And they come in cycles just like seasons. Last week, we discovered the four seasons of an owner's partnering program. We saw how all programs start in spring, and if they don't die, they move on to summer where they grow. Then they shift to autumn, where they reap the rewards of all of this hard work and effort only to move into winter when things are not going so well. So they move back into spring with a rejuvenation effort once everybody realizes they need to change. It's a natural cycle. Every program will go through this cycle if you get liftoff. And, you know, I see so many programs. I remember my definition of a program for an owner, partnering program, is that they have at least a partnering spec. But far too many of them just never move out of spring. They start, they do a pilot. uh, Or they don't have a spec, they don't have partnering, they don't have collaboration, they have a kind of dog-eat-dog, highly competitive, protecting, policing environment where everybody's looking out for their own interest. And so they live in winter, which is not very fun and not rewarding in all sorts of ways. We are going to dive in and look around at each of the four seasons of a partnering program. 
along with some ideas for enhancing each season and learn about some pitfalls to try and avoid. So are you with me? Are you ready? Here we go. It's spring when the pain is great enough that you will do what it takes to change. That is when spring starts. This is true if you're a brand new program or a program that needs rejuvenation. The leader or leaders see a need to improve their projects, their programs, their results. The leader is convinced that changes need to be made for things to improve. This belief begins to spread as people feel the pain and they see lost opportunities or maybe they're seeing wasted resources and they're kind of frustrated about that if they feel like their own resources are being wasted. But to spread, someone must be the champion of partnering within the organization. And of course, this is most effective if it's someone from the C-suite level because they would really have the authority to set new policies, practices, and processes for the owner's organization. The leaders begin to learn about partnering and how others are effectively implementing it on their projects. They begin to set up the framework needed for partnering to achieve results. So if you want to know more about the framework and some of the best practices, the International Partnering Institute's On Time, On Budget, How to Start a Collaborative Partnering Program is linked in the show notes so you can grab that. It is filled with the IPI best practices for collaborative partnering. And so you can share that, you can read it, you can understand. It'll be great. Thank you. Okay. Some ideas for spring enhancements. So that's spring. Here's how we can make it even better. Level it up. Be leading edge. Get more for your effort. Here it is. To gain more momentum, number one, create very clear partnering objectives for your program, such as reduce the number of claims to X, a specific number or percentage or reduce overall costs by X number of dollars, or it could be a percentage as well, or attract the best contractors, et cetera. Be very clear about what you're trying to achieve in your partnering program. I really think this might be one of the biggest ways that we see owners not enjoying achieving in their partnering is because they don't have a destination they're trying to get to, to use the process and the program for. Number two, learn from other owners. You know, I'm a big proponent of learning from other people's experiences, OPE. And there are lots of owners who have partnering programs, have been working on them, have some that are renowned you know, learn from them, go to the International Partnering Institute, learn from the people there who have been doing this for a while and have gone already learned some of the school of hard knocks so that you don't have to go through all of that. Number three, put enough commitment into the program. So it's clear this is going to be our way of doing business. 
Are you just half-heartedly trying it out, dipping your toe? And that's okay to first start. But if you don't get the results, then you're going to say, well, it doesn't work when in fact, maybe you undermined it. I see that happen all the time. Like your own processes, policies, and culture may be neutralizing what you're trying to do in the partnering effort. So some work there has to happen for the owner to be ready for partnering to really take off. Doesn't mean that it can't help, but it won't get the same lift off that it would if you were really ready. Okay, here's some pitfalls that you should think about trying to avoid as you're in spring starting off your partnering program. Don't expect this to be magic. Magic is not going to occur. Partnering is not a magic pill. It's a framework. It's a mindset to get everyone aligned in a way that provides results. It takes effort to get that alignment and to overcome misalignments, which is what we were talking about in the earlier mishaps. Number two, trying to use your old processes, which were not achieving results, and expecting great results when you superimpose the new partnering framework onto the old way of doing business. There is a learning curve. And as you blend what you've been doing with the new best practices, the more you learn, the better you will get. You will learn from others and by implementing partnering on your projects and by capturing your lessons learned. Number three, you pilot a project to see if partnering works. When you don't achieve what you expect, like I said before, you discount the effectiveness of partnering. A pilot project is a fantastic way to start to learn how to make partnering work. But don't judge how it works, that it didn't do what you expected it to do. Like, again, going back up to number one, you wanted magic to happen. There's always a learning curve, but it will be worth the effort. So there you have spring. And we are going to move into summer. Summer starts when you and your team have implemented the partnering program framework. And you're starting to see it really percolate and yield results. I've had owners tell me we did a little partnering and we got results. We did more partnering and we got more results. And when we went all in with partnering, we got extraordinary results. During summer, leaders work to implement more fully the partnering on their projects and within their organization so that the organization is aligned with the partnering values and concepts. The focus here is to create even greater results than they're already getting. And they're excited about the results they're getting. And this might include training all of your people. I think it's such a fundamental thing that is missed so many times. You have to train your people on a couple things. One is they need to know what the program is, what it entails, how it works, what their role and responsibility is in it. 
and what other people's roles and responsibility is. They also need to know how to create the mindset needed for partnering to work. So if you have an adversarial mindset, if you have a mindset that is you know, protecting or policing, that is not consistent with partnering. So you need to learn how to lead the partnering effort by creating a high trust atmosphere. So, you know, this training needs to happen with your, all the people involved, all the stakeholders, your designer, your contractor, counterparts, your the owner, counterparts, the internal stakeholders, you know, the people that are affecting your program uh, so that they can participate fully in the implementation of the program on each project to create win-win results and to make sure they know what result you are, what's the objective you have for your partnering program so they can help you achieve that. I think it's a wise idea to train your people, like I said, on how to lead by creating a high trust atmosphere. And if you don't have that internally, then training your people internally. And maybe those are readiness things you need to do before you fully implement or as you fully implement, which is how it happens most of the time. You will want to overcome barriers to partnering and have partnering staff, people who actually are committed to your program, if you have a big enough program, otherwise it might be a part-time job, uh, that support the implementation of the program so that there's a structure internally about supporting it. Uh, I remember one uh, owner that I just loved and uh, they had staff, they had people who are committed, but they also named their conference room, the partnering conference room, because they were naming the culture that they were creating for their facilities. I love that. You really want it to be as fully implemented as, as desired and as possible. You must measure your results towards your objectives. It isn't just wishing pie in the sky, measure, measure and adjust, measure and adjust, measure and adjust, share the measurement so people know where you're at, share your results with the whole team, with your designers, your construction counterparts, the industry, acknowledge the people on your projects who are making it happen. That is so important and so appreciated by all the people that work on the projects. Okay, some enhancements for summer. Number one, develop a partnering guide or a playbook or a, you know, Bible or a manifesto, whatever you want to call it, that lays out your entire program, how it works, the roles, the responsibilities, the objectives, uh, internal values that we're talking about, things you've done internally and how it works, policies, uh, and make this available to everyone who walks onto your project because everyone who walks onto their project has the opportunity to help or hinder. And so you want them to be helping. Train all stakeholders about the program, their role and their overall the overall objectives, including how important they are to the results. Again, bring everybody into your partnership. They are incredibly important. Three, create a partnering steering committee to help you identify and overcome barriers to your partnering. 
And I can't tell you how powerful this effort is. It does take time and effort, but it will be a game changer. It is with your counterparts, the owner, then you have maybe have designers and you have the key contractors, builders, maybe key subcontractors. You might have trade association folks, people from the industry. So you have industry and the owner, 50-50 numbers. So that's half and half coming together on a regular basis. Maybe you start out monthly and you're identifying barriers inside the owner's organization that are barriers to trust, barriers to collaboration barriers to partnering and working together to co-create the solutions on what those might be instead of how they are now so that they aren't a barrier or as big of a barrier. And the International Partnering Institute has a book on this, Working Together, How to Start a Partnering Steering Committee. So there's a link here. You can grab that and you can share it with your teams. You can share it with owners you're working with. Uh, it also can work within your businesses as well uh, for really getting that, not just readiness, but I think this is really a summer enhancement so that you're, this is going to be able to take down some of the barriers that have uh, created a uh, stop point for your uh, ability to get even more out of your partnering program. So you maybe have seen that when you started summer, you were able to get, um, not unusual, you get a 10% cost savings in your program. And now you're going to uh, take down barriers to get it, ratchet that up more and also to maintain it for a longer period of time. Summer enhancements. Okay, summer potential pitfalls. Don't want to fall into these. Number one, you are getting results, but your people and the designers and contractors do not understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. So they just go, wow, I don't know why we're doing this. This seems crazy. What's wrong with these people? Uh, they need training and guidance on your program so that they can fully engage this kind of lack of training really will diminish your results. And I do see this most often because creating this kind of training is an effort and it takes time, but man, it's like getting everyone aligned and everyone knowing what you're doing. It takes time, especially if you have a big program, you might have thousands of people that are involved, maybe many tens of thousands of people trying to get all of those focused and aligned and understanding takes an effort but it will be worth it. Okay, number two, if you don't have a partnering measurement process for each project and your overall program, then you and your team leaders will not know how to steer or improve. You will not know what's going on. You will not really have a destination. You may have your overall objective, but that overall objective, if it isn't measurable and you have regular feedback, you're just going to expend a lot of resources and not know where you're at. Uh, I see that a lot where the owners don't really know what's happening. And yes, data collection and measurement can be a challenge, but there are ways to make it easier. 
uh, especially for the projects. Like we have a construction scorecard that measures each project and that can be rolled up for an entire program. So the owner and everyone in the steering committee could see across all projects what's happening in a glance in you know, like one minute. So uh, there are ways to measure. you're enjoying this show. Every time you and your team step foot onto a construction project, you bring your business culture with you. For any construction project to succeed, there must be a high trust culture. It doesn't matter if you're in planning, design, construction, or startup phases. The more trust you bring and build, the better your results. I've created a free resource for you, the Trusted Leader Profile. So you can know exactly the level of trust you bring to your business and projects and what you can do to boost trust. You can grab that at sudico.com slash profile. That's S-U-D-Y-C-O dot com slash profile, P-R-O-F-I-L-E. And I hope that you'll remember that always high trust equals high performance, and it really depends on you. Now back to the show. Three, your people are from your current organizational culture and have the wrong mindset for creating a high trust culture. Talked about this before. Just want to reiterate, this is a pitfall. They need training on how to create a high trust atmosphere and maybe even coaching if they're struggling or maybe even being removed if they're not able to change. Because without this mindset, your return on investment is going to be significantly less and there's going to be a lot more frustration. So three pitfalls to avoid in summer. Autumn comes and autumn, you are in your heyday of the partnering program. You are reaping the rewards of your efforts. Your program is developed and has proven to provide remarkable results. Most of the time I hear that just more than you ever thought was possible. Your people know how to implement the program. They have a track record for achieving outstanding results. People are trained. Those who really know how to make partnering work within your organization rise quickly to the top. Partnering has become your way of doing business. You've grown a reputation in the marketplace as an owner of choice, one that is fair and works to resolve issues as they arise. You are seeing prices come down by 10% or maybe more because of your reputation for focusing on the project and being fair. So this is people sharpening their pencil, and it's sort of a collaboration uh, benefit. You have no arbitrations. You have no litigations. You are not spending resources on fighting at the end of your projects. You are attracting some of the best of the best in your industry who want to come work for you 
and with you on your projects. Sounds pretty great, huh? That is autumn. Okay, some enhancements you can make to autumn. Number one, keep sharing your accomplishments. Don't get complacent about them. Keep sharing them. Let people see what's happening. Let them understand what the measures are saying. Let them see the awards you're winning. Share those accomplishments. Make sure your people and partners know what the partnering program entails and what it's producing. Like I said, share awards, share the measures, share the goals, share whatever you want, your, your, your continued commitment. <laughs> that is what people need to hear. Don't get complacent. Number two, keep training people on the program. I see this is a big problem a lot of times. They'll do a big training in spring and then they don't train anymore. Well, one training is not going to keep the organization going because you have new people, people will forget, it morphs into something new, they don't really remember. So they really can't fully participate then. And the existing people need a refresher, even if they went through the original training. And keep measuring against your benchmarks. Number three, promote the people who are making it happen so your partnering culture will be highly embedded and stable at all levels. So you're really working to create a culture that will last beyond you as the leader or the leaders who are there. You want to have that kind of leadership at all levels in your organization, the people who really know how to create a high trust, high performing partnering culture, then you will be very stable in that culture. Pitfalls of autumn. Number one, taking the partnering program results for granted means that people have lost sight of what you're trying to accomplish. And this often happens because the partnering, the partnering program, the partnering mindset, partnering leadership has become the norm. And so we begin to not see it. Number two, inconsistencies can break out with different groups doing their own approach a little bit differently. And I see this a lot in really large organizations that have implemented a program, but it can also happen in smaller ones that are just more remote or fractioned uh, so that you get variations on the theme until it really morphs away from what you're trying to do. So this can set up conflict over the way, our way, the best way, the right way to really conduct your partnering, even though you're getting great results. So you lose the tried and true processes. And of course, then they can start being some turf issues, which you don't want. So you bring everybody back together and align. Three, throttling back on resources for the program instead of looking for ways to continuously improve. So you've seen the results, you're getting the results. It's how we do business. We think, well, we don't need to do all this that we were doing before. You know, we've, we've got it. We've done it. We, we're good. We're set. 
And so throttling back and saying, well, we don't need these people doing this thing. We don't need this structure. We don't need this training. We don't need the steering committee. We don't need this level of leadership involvement. So instead, we pull back. And not only does the program starve, but this also sends a very clear message to everyone that the program is no longer as important. This is an autumn pitfall you probably have seen and don't want. So eventually you will begin to move into winter. Everything moves into winter at some point. We always talk about how we have to go through winter in order to get to spring, right? So winter is going to happen, and winter happens when your results don't appear to be what they were. So you were getting these huge improvements, big leveling up, big percentage changes, and there just isn't that all-in excitement about the partnering program. It's been years now, maybe, since you saw prices go down 10%. And in fact, maybe they're up 10%. So the partnering program slips from being a top priority to becoming one priority amongst many, just a routine thing. And let me just talk a second about the how the dollars change, the time changes, you know, especially if you're in a low bid situation. And even in like progressive design build, you're low bidding on most of the trades. So we're always in a low bid situation in a marketplace. So if everybody sharpens their pencils and lowers their price by 10% because they know that you're a high trust owner, a partnering owner, then, and they continue to do that. You have changed the marketplace, but you're not going to see 10% change because you've already changed it. So it's not going to continue to change. What you want to do now is maintain it. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that more later, but I just wanted to make sure that was clear. So, you know, I think that what happens at this point is sort of the message is here that the program isn't as important and may not be as top priority, uh, the program begins to maybe even be shut down. Parts of it are shut down. We're no longer going to do the training. We're no longer going to do uh, on every project. We're going to you know, make the threshold. What, there's just all sorts of things. So your people just start going through the motions of what's required and not really engaged. And, and it might even seem like a wasted effort. So as less and less partnering occurs on your projects and internally, you begin to see claims, disputes, arbitrations rise for some public owners. You'll see the percentage that you're paying in interest go up. I see that go up a lot this for some. Uh, your people are getting tired of dealing with all of these issues they have to deal with all the time. And uh, it's beginning to become a war zone again on your projects. It is just not fun. Your best people leave. 
they have other opportunities. You see prices rising and your schedules getting longer. You spend most of your time trying to deal with all of these project issues. You have more projects coming out. You need relief and change. That is winter. So here's some enhancements to make winter better. Use this time to capture the lessons learned from the program and adjust based on those lessons that you've learned. Shift more quickly into spring to reinvigorate the program before you atrophy or too much atrophy happens. Measure and understand the results you're achieving. You've already realized the costs and the schedule savings from your program, like I said. Now you are focused on sustaining that. If you don't, you are going to see prices go up. And this won't show up as lower costs. Like I said, it's going to show up as sustained cost. You want the cost to be sustained. So hopefully you're watching what your bid prices are. I see a lot of owners that don't do that. Some of them do a great job at that. You want to see what are your costs and are they stable or are they going up? And I know there's market conditions, but we have seen that when your your partnering program starts to wane and atrophy, you are going to have prices go up because there's going to be all those things we just talked about. Atrophy of the program will always show up as increased costs and increased schedule and dissatisfaction from people, whether it's your contractor partners, your designers, subcontractors, internal people, your, your own, your own leaders. Number three, leadership's commitment to the program is what will allow it to rebloom. Continuity of leadership is important too. Look for red flags when your key people are leaving, that you're seeing higher prices and that your people are not enjoying their jobs. Then a committed leader will know that it is time for spring. Okay, pitfalls of winter to avoid. Number one. Typically, parts of the program will be watered down or shut down. This signals to everyone that your partnering program is no longer a priority and working. We talked about this. This is a big pitfall in winter. So if you don't want to go through that, just realize this is a potential message you're sending and you may not want to send that message. Number two. Expecting the same return on investment you saw in summer and autumn is unrealistic. So many times, the lack of return on investment is just misunderstood. Like I said, you've achieved the savings, you've created your reputation as an owner of choice. Now it's time to keep that going. And that's not to say at some point you aren't going to need to reinvigorate, you will. But that's moving into spring, moving out of winter. Number three, as the partnering program diminishes, disputes naturally emerge because the high trust norms are waning. They're just not there where they were. And so fear 
makes its way in, its ugly way in. So it can look to some as if part the partnering program isn't working because we're having more disputes, but it's really a catch 22 because you have more disputes because the program is not supported in the same way. So those are the pitfalls of winter. And overall, those are the four seasons of a partnering program for an owner. And we all go through them as we work through the project. So the owner isn't in this by themselves, but they are the driving force and the one with the program. So we all follow their lead. So, you know, do you find that when you understand the season that you're in, that it just sort of makes more sense? And, you know, you also know better how to prepare and maybe even how to thrive. For example, you know, you wouldn't want to wear a bikini on a ski trip. That sounds pretty rough. So you get my jest. You want to be able to do the right things to be prepared and to execute uh, that season well. And, uh, and you, you know, when you've lived through it a while, you kind of know what's happening, but these take long periods of time. It's not like every year. So you may not even see the seasons or, or live through a bunch of seasons, uh, rounds of seasons. So just understanding that there are seasons and that there's things that you can do to prepare, uh, will hopefully be a tool where you can better understand where you are on your projects. And no matter who you represent, whether it's the owner, contractor, builder, designer, construction manager, you can help enhance the season for that project, that partnering program, and try to stay away from the pitfalls. You can use the four seasons of partnering for an owner's program which I've included here in the show notes, uh, whenever you're working with an owner organization to help them see where they are in their partnering journey or with an owner that does not have partnering and is interested in starting, they can use the seasons to see how they can evolve and where to start. So I'd love to have your feedback, Construction Nation. That is all for now. You all take care and I'll see you next week. Okay, Construction Nation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Lead with Trust. Will you do me a favor? If you think this episode can help anyone on your team or business, please forward it to them. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And your honest review, hopefully five stars, is much appreciated. Every leader who learns how to build their business and projects on a foundation of trust is going to reap the rewards of greater productivity, attracting the best of the best, enjoying your business more, and doing things you thought were impossible. If you want to know where you are in your trusted leader journey, I have a free resource for you. Please just go to sudico.com slash profile, S-U-D-Y-C-O dot com slash profile. And you can grab it there and find out where you are on your trusted leader journey. 
And so that is a wrap for today. Can't wait until I get a chance to hang out with you again next week. And until then, have a great day.